Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Old Readers Anonymous, A Vision for You, a book study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive old reader from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, January 26, 2021, and today we are reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 32 in the second paragraph, 14th line, starting with Out Came His Carpet Slippers all the way to the end of the paragraph, and we're commenting on those 10 lines only, please. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, thank you for Team Tuesday this month, Kathy S., Karen K., Susan H., Sandy C., and our newcomer greeter, Deanna B., and host, Maria F. The reference IDs for January, Monday, January 25th, 2021, the 7 a.m. meeting, 16,266, that's 16266, and for 10 a.m., 16,267, that's 16267. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Susan H. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Susan. Good morning. This is Susan H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you so much, Susan. I will now ask for Sandy C. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Sandy. Thank you, Sandy C., a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 32 in the middle of that second paragraph, starting with out came his carpet, carpet slippers and a bottle through the end of that paragraph. And I'm going to ask Kathy S. to get us started. Go ahead, Kathy. Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. 
Out came his carpet slippers and a bottle. In two months, he was in a hospital, puzzled and humiliated. He tried to regulate his drinking for a while, making several trips to the hospital meantime. Then, gathering all his forces, he attempted to stop altogether and found he could not. Every means of solving his problem which money could buy was at his disposal. Every attempt failed. Though a robust man at retirement, he went to pieces quickly and was dead within four years. Well, um, I, a lot speaks to me about this man's story, and I'd like to refer back a little bit into yesterday, um, where it talks about, it kind of describes him, a very nervous person, and he would try to fix it with, um, with uh, quiet himself with more liquor, can totally relate to that. And uh, then he made up his mind. He talked about self, there was talk about self-discipline, and that and then again, now we're seeing puzzled and humiliated and again, trying to regulate and control, gathering all his forces of self-will, all these things failing, throwing money at it, and which I tried with rehab and therapy, all of it failed. And then this gentleman, of course, had the ultimate failure where he just refused to surrender and died. Um, <clears throat> you know, these paragraphs in his story just screams of control and, and also of pride. Uh, the one part where he felt like after the long period of sobriety, it, he just felt qualified to drink like other men. There's this sense of entitlement. Um, and, you know, what comes up for me, this is a huge warning. And it's a warning here. And in the meetings, like people have shared yesterday and last week about the idea of having a lot of time in recovery and program, and yet they went back out. Um, so what we're focused on here is, is not necessarily, well, the allergy once it's provoked, but what got us there, which is the mental obsession. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just a good reminder about control and pride and that, you know, I need to stay active in 10, 11 and 12, that I don't stop living and feeling I may spiritually progress, but I'm not, I don't arrive. I never outgrow the need for God. Like I thought I wanted him to remove my fear about serving and sharing today, but I think I'd rather be anxious and reminded of my need for God and working on 10 steps that remind me that this isn't about me. It's about showing up and being available with God for others to give away what I've been giving and then fill a need help with this meeting than to think, cool, I'm not scared. I got this. Let's roll and let pride awaken and then soon feed me another binge. No thanks. So today, you know, I'm going to accept my nervousness and just walk through it and just live another day enjoying peace with myself afterwards. And um, again, I just want to wrap up with thanks for um, the newcomers who remind us about, you know, this disease and that I'm only one bite away. And as well, I want to thank those of you who have shared your vulnerability and your stories in recent days about, um, you know, none of us, we turn in our immunity card every day. This is a daily program and that something we must do for the rest of our lives, just always surrender and trust God. And because um, this is our, this is the way we live today. 
And uh, I just thanks for letting me serve and to uh, share. And with that, I'm going to pass. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Kathy, for getting us started. Awesome. Okay. So um, we're going to take names of those who would like to share on those 10 lines, please. Um, if you have shared on Monday or Friday, although we love to hear from you, we ask that you step aside so that others can also share their experience, strength, and help. So who else would like to share on what was read? Charles H. Charles. Tom, I'll share. Tom. Anybody Rachel K. Did you get me? Rachel K. Christina J. Christina, there was someone who was saying, Dara did you get L? Harlan oh, G. Sarah. Harlan, okay, gotcha. And Dara L. Sarah L. got you, Christina J., Rachel K., Tom A., I think it's Tom A., Charles H., okay, anyone else? Maria P. Maria P. T, T for Tommy. T. Gotcha. Thank you. Okay. We have got a great group to get started. Charles H., Tom A., Rachel K., Christina J., Sarah L., Harlan G., Maria T. Okay. Charles, you are up, my friend. Charles, star one, lost you. Thank you. Can you hear me, Amy? I can hear you now. Yeah, that's one of the questions I used to hate asking, but, you know, out of, and I'm not going to say humility because too much humility is pride as well. And um, thank you for the first speaker uh, getting us started with that, talking about the pride. Abstinence, abstinence is just, like my friend always says, abstinence is only the ticket in the door. He ain't doing no work. He was prideful. He had a reason to be abstinent, and it was from a selfish and self self-absorbing standpoint to make that money, right? And um, it, look how quick it takes to die. I mean, we're going to find out that it, it took four years for him to die after that. I am so grateful for that share I heard yesterday. I'm going to shout it from the rooftop because it's vulnerability. Today I embrace my humanness, and I average. I'm not going to tell you what you need to average, but I average a few 10 steps a day. I go over the 11-step review with my sponsor, um, and, and, and likewise with my sponsoree. And I'm not saying they're saving my life. I am a speck on the beach. I don't want to be like this man and counting, counting um, abstinence time. That's so arrogant. And, and that does not, um, I don't think he admitted complete defeat. I think he was like, I got this, see you later. I don't need none of y'all. You know, and, these, and we're going to hear, and I heard from my great big book friends and, and scholars that, these people didn't have a problem staying abstinent. They had a problem with the second part of the first step, that their life is unmanageable. He was just, he was, he was holding his breath underwater. And uh, I don't want to do that today. I embrace my humanness. I embrace my fears every day, my anxieties, my resentment, my dishonesty. And, uh, yeah, with that, I pass. I like to let it go and see who else got something good to say. All right, Charles, thank you so much. Okay, Tom, you are up. Tom A., please go ahead. Thanks, uh, Amy. Tom A. from Maryland. Uh, grateful to be here today. And 
grateful to be talking about pride and arrogance and control. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's the, my ultimate struggle is, is uh, you know, I'm certainly willing to admit that I have uh, somewhat of this disease. It's, it's the complete defeat uh, and the letting go of uh, the notion that I can figure it out on my own. And uh, I think my uh, prayer lately is just to, God help me stay sur- stay surrendered. Help the uh, in our third step prayer. I used to for many years. I focused on the words, "Free me of the bondage of self." And I said, "I wonder what that means. How am I in bondage to myself?" And uh, it's my thinking that uh, kind of puts me in prison, uh, and my inability to let go of old ideas and old reactions and old triggers that that tell me I need comfort and that I need uh, that it's not a that I shouldn't be in pain tell me all these crazy ideas and so I need to let go of those to stay surrendered and then I need to develop this relation with a higher power have a spiritual transformation like we've been reading about and uh, you know that's a daily thing to just keep paying attention to what does my higher powers will for me and in the Third step prayer says, free me of the bondage of self that I might better do thy will. And I used to leave that part out. I would pray, free me of the bondage of self so that I'll be a better person or so you'll like me better or so that I'll do all these other things. And but a friend in the program who talks about the arrogance of the program and the arrogance of, of the disease. And, uh, you know, it, 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 humility takes a lot of time and a lot of practice. Uh, to, to stay surrendered and to stay in right proportion with the higher power. And uh, I, I can get involved in volunteer things or 12-step things, and all of a sudden I think I need to figure out the answers. And uh, I don't know the answers. All I know is that my higher power loves me and wants good for me, and my job is to make time to listen and to make amends every day and, and to to, uh, to live uh, as close to my higher power as I can and to be grateful for that gift. And then I don't have to kill myself. I don't have to weigh 250 pounds. I don't have to feel disconnected from my kids. I, last night I talked to two of my adult children and had lovely conversations with them. And that just wasn't possible when I was in the disease. So grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. Okay, Rachel Kay, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. This is Rachel Kay from California. Um, boy, talk about pride versus humility. I thought I had something to say on this uh, portion, and the first three speakers just said everything so well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah um anyway and uh i love this reading because for me you know with the food or you know more currently with my character defects or my food behaviors even um i can feel like yeah this oh this isn't a problem for me anymore how wonderful and that's when the humility goes out the door and i start thinking that i'm doing it instead of you know, the father doing the works um, of myself, I am nothing. Um, you know, I know I sound like a broken record. Um, but, um, but yeah, that, um, the, you know, and, and this is kind of an old saying, and 
OA, but the person who's been abstinent the longest is whoever got up earliest today. And yeah, I'm on the West Coast. I got up pretty early today, but um, mm. it just, what that says to me, it's just, it's just one day at a time. This is a, a spiritual recovery contingent upon the maintenance of my spiritual condition that goes for the food that goes for my character defects, because I can have an emotional slip like that, unless I remember moment by moment um, that it's not about me and my wants and my desires and what's comfortable for me. It's about pleasing God. And I believe that doing service and helping, you know, my fellows both within and without the program and being tolerant of them and seeing how I can serve them. Um, that's how I do God's will. And um, I'm going on a, a massive road trip and I, you know, this paragraph is especially um, uh, poignant for me. It's especially important for me right now to remember that, I, you know, more than ever, I have to rely on God. I can't say, you know, okay, that's, you know, I'll be fine. This is good. My program's portable, yada, yada, yada. No, I have to be conscience, conscience, conscious of my higher power with me every single step of the way. Um, that I am not alone out there on the road, that I bring my higher power with me. I bring God with me or else I am untethered to anything, uh, you know, literally and figuratively. And I have to eliminate everything that blocks that tether between me and God. Uh, food, uh, compulsive food behaviors, um, pride, uh, fear, worrying about what people think of me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, thank you very much. I'll pass. Thank you so much. Rachel Kay. Okay, Christina J. your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of Washington, recovered for today. This whole paragraph is um, very sad. It reminds me before and after my recovery and my attempted recovery periods and so on and so forth uh, in the beginning, just trying to control with diets and failing, not knowing. I love these words that he was puzzled and humiliated. For years, I was puzzled and humiliated. I didn't know what was driving this horrific physical allergy, um, this horrible place of living and the cravings every day. And I didn't know about program. You know, I don't think this guy knew about program. I may be wrong, but uh, maybe he found out at some point, but it sounds like he didn't. He was trying to control, like we all try to control. Or I'll speak for myself when I was in my disease and didn't know about program. Um, and then when I found program, I tried to regulate, tried to regulate the eating. I love that word, regulate, because that's what I tried to do. And I didn't know that my false pride was uh, causing me to pick up the next bite. I, I didn't have the spiritual awakening yet. Um, and what is an awakening to me? Uh, it's an awareness that I must work this program. That's my awakening. That's my big, bright awakening, that I must work this program. And from that awakening that I do these steps and I work this program comes a peace and serenity knowing that I surrender to God. And, you know, it's all, it, sometimes it's painful. There's a lot of things I have to surrender to God that I'm used to controlling. One is this food. But today I'm neutral around food, and that's the huge blessing and I um, have to work the spiritual part. Now, the bone dry thing, I just love those two words, bone dry. Um, 
this to me is not just talking about the bone dry of being away from the food, the white knuckling, but the bone dry of the spirit. I was in the desert in my spirit. I thought I had a connection with God and I praised God, but I was bone dry when it came to knowing how to run my life. I felt so empty and sad and lonely throughout most of my life. That was a bone dry existence. makes me sad to think about it but it brought me to my knees. It brought me craving something that nothing else could give me. I got rid of a lot of desire systems, wanting big houses, wanting cars, wanting this, wanting that, wanting the perfect body, but then I was left with nothing. What can fill me now? Another bite? Yeah, that's what happened during my last relapses. Another bite. Just one more bite to get me through today. (laughs) Didn't work. Brought me right back into the full allergy, and I was... I remained puzzled and um, humiliated in program for years. Then finally, I had my step one experience, and I knew from that step one experience what I always had to do was always surrender. And not just the food, because I'm neutral around the food today. Just for today, thank God, I must surrender these insane emotions that come up in me, my old pride, my old wanting to control. So um, I don't want to be dead. I don't want to live a slow, die a slow death like the frog in, boil, in slowly boiling water. I don't want to do that, and I don't have to today. And this is a huge, huge miracle for those of you that are out there still suffering. Get in here and take that step. Get going. Um, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Love you all. I pass. Thank you so much, Christina J. Sarah L., you have the floor. Uh, great. Thank you so much. This is Dara L, like Sarah, but with a D. Got it. Um, <laughs> no problem. And I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I was so struck by this paragraph. Um, so <laughs> I've had long periods of, of abstinence in my life um, and, and been recovered, actually, um, three times, like uh, worked the steps sponsored people, um, had tremendous relief from the disease, um, and then did not do uh, 10, 11, 12, stopped doing that, stopped praying, stopped meditating, stopped all the stuff that kind of keeps me um, in a place of humility and in a place of um, of believing that God is the only thing that's going to fill that hole. And every time, all three times, I ended up puzzled and humiliated, um, taking that first compulsive bite, um, ending up binging and purging, and then not not knowing how I got there, not knowing how to stop. Um, And I think the sentence, then he fell victim to a belief which practically every alcoholic has, that his long period of sobriety and self-discipline had qualified him to drink as other men, that is the mental twist. Um, And I think the mental twist can happen for me anyways, whether I'm still in the disease, stuck in it, not able to get out, or whether I've had a long period of, you know, of relief, um, thinking that somehow that was me and not God. Um, And when it talks about then gathering all his forces, he attempted to stop altogether and found he could not. Um, my experience, having had tremendous spiritual awakening periods of of incredible relief from the the desire, you know, incredible like getting promises back in my life, um, has been that when I am in the disease, it's not just that I can't stop 
or can't, you know, bring myself to surrender to this program, it's that I forget that life is worth living. And I forget that the fullness that I feel in the presence of God is so much more profound than the fullness of the next compulsive bite. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think that this program is definitely, I've heard it said in these rooms that it's for people who do it. Um, And I'm a person who has done it, uh, experienced tremendous relief and then stopped doing it. So just wanted to share that in case that's useful for anyone and so grateful to be back and so grateful to be abstinent today. And I'll pass. Great, Dara. Thank you so much. Okay. Harlan G., you are up. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, Amy. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, The chapter more about alcoholism takes most of its information from the Common Sense of Drinking by Peabody, published in 1930. Peabody got a lot of things wrong, and in 1936, he died of his own alcoholism. Isn't that sad that he died of his own alcoholism while AA was in its infancy and he could have recovered had he, had he been aware of what was going on? But one of the, a couple of the things that he got absolutely right, and they were stated before, I want to state them again at the risk of sounding very redundant, this disease of compulsive overeating is a permanent condition. It is progressive and it is fatal. Progressive means that it gets worse over time. It never gets better. And what was lost on me at first, and I've, I've been in these rooms a long time, and I have 22 years of abstinence, but I've been in these rooms, it'll be 42 years on February 2nd. What was lost on me is that my recovery must also be progressive. My recovery must be at least as progressive because what happened to me might happen to others. I settled in. I went to my meetings most of the time every day, just like I do now. I settled into my meetings. I settled into some service. I sponsored a couple of people here and a couple of people there. I made and took my outreach calls. And my recovery never progressed. It stayed the same. The disease will not do that. The disease will get worse and worse and worse. So the most important component in my step 12 work is my step 10 and 11 work. Because if I'm not in recovery, I have nothing to give. And I got clouded because I was doing an enormous amount of 12-step work, but my 10-step work, my 11-step work was not getting done. And so I kept relapsing. And the death knell for my disease is it's much easier for me to concentrate on others than it is to concentrate on myself. I must shore up my loose ends. My recovery must be at least as progressive as the illness. I have to keep expanding and enlarging my spiritual life through service and self-sacrifice for others. And if I'm not going to do that, I'm going to die in this disease. I'm going to die in this disease unless I continue to expand and enlarge my spiritual life through service and self-sacrifice for others, given that I myself am in recovery. And so I cannot stay the same. Nothing 
stays the same in this disease. Every day I get up, if I'm lucky enough to get up, my disease got worse, I got older, and my, my and things are changing. And all of those demand that I'm going to be more and more progressive in my recovery. Those are challenges. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Harlan. Okay, Maria T., it's your turn. Maria, press star one, please. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> My name is Maria. I'm a compulsive, recovered compulsive reader in Norway. And uh, thank you for your service. And thank you uh, to everybody that's shared. <clears throat> I'm really grateful to be here today. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking, reading this and um, and thinking about the fact that, you know, uh, this this man had put the drink down and for 25 years had concentrated on his uh, business life. And then when he retired, you know, he was um, the unmanageability of step one took over and and and. Ha- I, he was. He was. Uh, my guess is that he had, even though he had put the alcohol down, um, he had been living um, in this state for uh, the majority of this 25 years, and um, and I can really relate to that because I actually did the same thing. Um, you know, I had put the drink down, but didn't realise that I was. Um, um, you know, compulsively eating, still still living the disease was still active in me and um you know for many many years i've been in a way even for the last seven to ten years i was in a a, a big book fellowship with uh, another away um group and you know i i constantly i i knew the solution was in the big book but i just could not i, I just couldn't get honest with myself i could not get abstinent i never had a weak abstinence so that that tremendous struggle for 20 20 odd years was incredible and then um you know i i i went to different fellowships and i went i you know i enlarged my faith you know but still nothing stopped me from compulsive eating till the end of the day that i you know found um somebody suggested a vision for you and 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 a miracle happened you know, I actually had a spiritual awakening. Somebody who was recovered, who had what I wanted, and and I completely heard the depth and weight of uh, recovery in her voice and the meetings, the people who shared the meetings. I was taken away. I was blown away, and um, I have been recovered since March, the end of March last year. And then, of course, you know, as, as somebody's already shared about, you know, recovery and the, the disease still progressing, you know, I had actually put the food down, but I actually was uh, dependent on something else. So, you know, dependent on people. Um, and, of course, you know, people were commenting on my weight loss and da 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 And, you know, I, I oh, the ego, you know, ego boost. So, you know, you, you it is a progressive disease whether you're eating whether you're abstinent or not. And that's been my experience and that shows me that, you know, I have to put Facebook down, I have to put the people down 
Um, and, you know, it is about enlarging my spirituality. It isn't just about me trying to do this on my own. It's not about the weight loss. It's not a diet. It is a spiritual disease, and I need a spiritual solution. And a spiritual solution means that I have to have a relationship with a higher power, and that has to be the focus of my life today. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maria T. Okay, so we're going to take another round of names. Just a friendly reminder, we are on page 32 in the middle of the second paragraph. Out came the carpet slippers to the end of the paragraph, focusing on those 10 lines only. So um, if you've shared in the last couple of days, please let others share first. Greatly appreciate that. Who would like to share? Shannon. Inabel L. Inabel Oh, I'm sorry. Who was that? Cheryl C. Cherry C. That's what it was. All right. I got Shannon. Liz E. Okay. Let's. Anyone else? I think you can take one more. Okay. Shannon C. Inabel L. Loretta H. Sherry C. Liz E. Did I miss anyone? Okay, let's go. Shannon, you are up. I thought I heard Shannon. Ready there? Press star one to unmute. Hey, sorry about that. I must have uh, gotten remuted. Um, but yeah, hey, I'm Shanna C., a grateful recovered compulsive eater from Tennessee. So grateful to be on the line and grateful for this um particularly this section of the book, um, because that that type of thinking is what carried me um, uh, and ultimately ended up uh, causing me to surrender. It's just that period of periods of time where I could control this thing, um, thinking I didn't need, um, I didn't think I was one of you guys. I didn't think I was a real compulsive eater. I just thought that I had food issues, um, along with a lot of the other things that I need, you know, that I was recovered from. Um, but, uh, it wasn't, I'll just be real quick. Uh, for me, it wasn't until I was beaten into the state of reasonableness where, um, I saw that I could, I really wasn't like other eaters. Um, and then I, I absolutely had no way of getting better on my own. Like, it was like, I, I could see my own experience was truly proving that. And then it was getting worse and I had nowhere else to go. Uh, fully conceded to my innermost self that I am a compulsive eater, and that was my first step. Um, <clears throat> and it was it was like a shift had happened inside of me after many, 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 many years of attempts of, of trying to control and enjoy my eating, uh, periods of, of abstinence, whatever. Um, and then it was always the darkest, it was the darkest before the dawn, and I begged um, a higher power help and letting go of everything I thought I knew uh, held my nose and jumped and <clears throat> gave a woman a call who had uh, spoken on a, a special edition this was September of 2019 um, she was on a special edition that morning gave her a call and I said I need I need help um, and she just so happened to, to have an opening for a sponsee that week and she took me in and 
you know, work this, uh, was able to put down the food and um, work the steps and that obsession has stayed stopped, has stayed gone. Um, it's a miracle for my life and I couldn't be more grateful today. Um, but it has all been because of that desperation, because someone in OA who had recovered was willing to, to help me through it. I did the work, continue to do the work um, a day at a time. And I'm so grateful for the reminder that this really is, we only have a daily reprieve <clears throat> contingent on the maintenance for spiritual condition. And um so grateful to God for that. Grateful because this is something I could never have done for myself. I still can't, I won't I ever be able to. So <clears throat> anyway, thanks for everybody's recovery. Thanks for your help. Um, thanks for the for the opportunity to share today. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Shannon. Annabelle L, please go ahead. Press star one, Annabelle. Um, I have spent 30, over 30 years in OA, and for many of those years, most of them, I was in relapse. I went to numerous uh, recovery treatment centers, and I took with me my willfulness and my resentments against God and my resentments against so many human beings. And I carried them like a gigantic boulder on my back. And I went to uh, lose weight, really, and not for recovery. The concept of true spiritual recovery was something that I could not understand and indeed rejected. There were so many people in my immediate family that suffered and died from cancer I held that as a huge resentment against God for so many years. And I had no spirituality. In fact, uh, for decades in a way, I laughed at people who had spirituality. And as you can well imagine, my ability to recover was nil. Uh, there were periods when I spent a year in uh, diving, with group support and lost a great deal of weight. And there are pictures of me beaming, uh, looking slender. But of course, it's a regressive disease and I could not hold on to the diet and uh, would relapse and uh, become fatter than ever. Uh, and it was finally... Um, I was brought to my knees by this progressive disease and I got the gift of desperation and also came to love God and he is my guide and my director and my support and um, I am recovered today thanks to a vision for you and all of you out there who give me guidance and love and support and I'm a sponsor and um, it is a wonderful program every day I turn to God and ask him for guidance in my life um, and I'm just so grateful to this program thank you and I pass thank you so much Inabel okay Loretta H your turn. 
Amy, thank you so much for your service and everyone who does service on this line and everyone on this line this morning who is saving my life. This is Loretta H., Compulsive Overeater. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, those that wrote Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 that wasn't you. Sorry, that was my timer. I beg your pardon. Go ahead. Okay. Though a robust man at retirement, he went to pieces quickly and was dead within uh, four years. And I always think of me, I am a dying man every morning I wake up because I have this disease and I have a spiritual malady. And on, I read um, 80 through 88 and it says there's a long period of reconstruction ahead and I must take the lead and that is doing this work as other people have said harder each day I wake up Um, it's a simple program but it's not easy and as was shared yesterday uh, a behavior reared its ugly head last week and it's a behavior that I thought was arrested it wasn't the food with God's grace but it for my life it was as damaging and I have to I'm doing four step on it I did several ten steps on it but this is what I have to do in order to stay alive Uh, I can't fall back on yesterday I can't fall back on the years I do have out of the food because once I do, I am going to die within four years of something. Because I have addictions. Addiction is in my DNA. I've um, been out of alcohol or away from alcohol for 42 years. I've been out of the food for 20 but there is no, no guarantee that I am going to stay out of anything unless I work these the steps and this program like my hair is on fire. As other people said, it's the pride. And today I am humbled and I get on my knees because I'm so humbled. A wretch like me has been able to honestly look at the seriousness of my defenses of character and they will kill me and today you and my work and my sponsees and the fellows that have um, skin that are my also um, are my uh, people that give me corrective directives I will live today and hopefully um, the flimsy read will get stronger. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta. Sherry C., it's your turn. Sherry, press star one, please. Hi, it's Sherry C. Got it. Your turn. Hi, um, Sherry C. from Connecticut. Um, uh, pride. Um, see, I... I was raised by a martyr, um, a martyr who fed as her fault. <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm a grown woman, a mother myself, and um, and I just I became that martyr, and to the extent to which I 
am that martyr is the extent to which I can say I have pride like nobody's business. And, um, and it's that pride, it's that pride that I get keeps, I'm stuck on step one. I mean, this is, that's what it is. And it gets progressively worse every day. It's progressively worse of how many years am I going to be a martyr? How many years am I stuck in my pride? How many minutes of every hour? Uh, faith has to work in and through us or we perish. And I, how many hours? So I'm not recovered but I'm more aware, I'm more grateful, um, and I pray for my pride to be lessened in a way that's clearly from God, from my higher power. I pray for the willingness to move and use my time and not allow myself to just I mean, literally put on my couch slippers and and feel sorry for myself when I have so much blessing. And I pray for the will. I see. I knew this is this is gonna be the hardest part for me to say. I am praying for the willingness to choose to trust a sponsor without pride. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sherry. Ms. Edie, it's your turn. Good morning, Liz E. From Liz E. For Elegant from the UK. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your service today. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, uh, one day at a time. And thank you for the amazing shares here. I really love the comment that um, the longest recovery is for the person who got up the earliest this morning. And that is just really great for me to hear. Today, I am recovered. And what this paragraph says to me, it's a warning. This is, talks about my, the devastation, the humiliation, the pain that I experienced. And um, it's, you know, reminding me that I need to work this program every day. Um, And I need to do that as if my hair is on fire. And I also love the comment about this is a spiritual program. It's not a weight loss program. And that is so true for me. And, you know, God is so generous and kind. And there are so many things that I thought were counterintuitive. And I was so full of pride. You know, when people said to me, make an outreach call, it will help. I'm like, how does that work? How does making a phone call help me? But of course it does, because my problem is I do not know how to regulate my emotions. I'm a woman in her late 50s reasonably successful career etc etc I thought I was like pretty licked in terms of being competent and running my life wow what a mess I've made and today I know that actually less is more and by that I mean I need to have a lot of downtime I need to spend a lot of time with God and before I was running around like a headless chicken 
doing this, doing that, traveling all over the country for work. And all of it was a distraction for me avoiding looking into my soul because that was too horrible, too painful, too humiliating. But guess what? So when I feel upset, irritated, icky, I get this icky feeling inside of me. I weigh up. How, much, how big is this ickiness? Is it one, two, three, four, five? If it's one or two, then that means I make two outreach calls to somebody to see how they are and not talk about me. After I've done a step 10, of course. But it's very occasionally it might be five. And do you know what? It's like the volume button being turned down on my emotions. And I am learning how to feel and manage my emotions. And consequently, I don't pick up the food. So I am just so grateful. And God is showing me every two or three weeks a new thing that I'm learning about. Who knew that I really struggle? Thank you, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. And I'll pass. Thank you so much, Liz. Okay, so we have time for one more share. Who would like to take us out? Diane C. Diane C. Sorry, Tricia, maybe next hour. Diane, please go ahead. Okay, great. Thanks, Amy. This is Diane C., gratefully recovered in Maryland. And thank you, everyone, this morning. Um, <clears throat> I feel so encouraged. So in... Uh, and looking at this paragraph, um, I was thinking, um, I've been a, I've been a, had faith, I've been a Christian for most of my adult life, but I was using God for what he could do for me, to make my life comfortable, to uh, fulfill my desires. Um, on the, I think on my best days, I thought that I was the principal and he was the agent, whereas on page 62 in the big book, it says that he is the principal and I am the agent. And I think on my worst days, I thought of him as a genie in a, in a bottle. Um, but I've learned through this program that more important than my abstinence and food sobriety is my emotional sobriety. Um, Harlan tells us often that our problem, my problem, is the buildup of emotions and food is my solution. And I'm one bite away from going back to that. And so um, we've talked a lot today about how our disease is progressive and my compulsive overeating definitely was progressive. It, as I got older and into my fifties, it became harder and harder to lose the weight every year, which I, you know, I was just this, this chronic dieter, a yo-yo. Um, and there was more and more demoralization. And I remember thinking like, is this just what I'm going to be? Am I just going to get bigger and bigger? Um, but then there was a progression in another way and it's my emotional sobriety. And I realized um, as, as you know, I think God is revealing to me that there has, has been so much insanity in my thinking and relationships and now seeing how everything is interrelated. And I realize as I am uh, working in another program because of OA and all that was revealed to me that my credits from OA don't transfer to another program. So, um, you know, I look back and I think I was, you know, my life was great. I, I have a lovely family and, and um, a lot of good friends. So I was functional and reasonably happy, but it was like I had a splinter. That's what it just came up for me, that, that it was like I had a splinter under the skin, which was my disease, and um, I couldn't see it very well. It was very faint. 
but I could feel it when I pressed on the skin and, and it's at risk for infection. And I've removed a lot of splinters in my day. I have four kids and we live on a farm. And um, it just reminds me that the, the tools of this program are like my, I would get out my little, my tweezers and my needle and I would sterilize it with alcohol. And that's, those tools are like the tools of this program. And all of you are part of that. And I'm so grateful this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you so much, Diane And on that note, we're going to wrap things up. I would like to thank everyone who has shared for another awesome Vision for You meeting here. Please join us for another second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this hour. The share ID for today, Tuesday, January 26, 2021, is 16,272. That's 16272. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Karen Kay please take us out? Good morning. My name is Karen Kay, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to you that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to the road of happy de destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.